We had him on last week, didn't we? And he's back. Cos Samaras. Did it all pan out as you thought, Cos? Good morning to you. Good morning, team. Sort of. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, we could basically say sort of. We, we, we knew that Labor was going to win in some form or another, but it's a fairly unconventional pathway, I can, I can say. I mean, um, how so? Unconventional, how so? Major party vote is the lowest since the 1950s. But you were tipping Labor's. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Labor primaries vote is the lowest since the 1950s DLP split. For those uh, listeners who are students of history, political history, and particularly in the States, mm. it's um, it's pretty low. For them to secure close to 50 or above 50 seats with that sort of primary does tell us that we are dealing with a new sort of political paradigm when it comes to how, how the major parties form government. Um, so it's interesting. So like in through Melbourne's eastern suburbs, uh, Labor was able to hold on to those seats, not because they had they took votes off the Liberal Party, but because the Liberal Party lost votes to minor parties. So, uh, in fact, in some of them, Labor actually lost some votes. So, because as a former uh, political operative for the Labor Party mm. and a pollster now, what yep. do you think the message should be to Labor, particularly out in the western and the northern suburbs, oh, yeah. where they mm. had huge swings against them in safe Labor seats? So, okay. do you think they should take that as a as a whack over the head, saying, "Look after your own"? They, they absolutely have to. Those seats have been swinging against Labor now for at least three terms. Uh, I think they are reaching a point now where some of them are going to hit the sort of tipping point where they become critical marginal seats, which then, they ha- then the Labor Party has to resource. So I think the days of the safe seat, which everyone turns their back, o- back on and does, pays little attention to, are over. And that's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. Great for a democracy, right? So... Um, the Liberal Party is already facing that, and we could see the existential crisis they are now dealing with in Victoria. Um, and that's driven by a whole range of other factors as well, which we touched on on the ABC last night. But um, more importantly, when it comes to the Labor Party, they really need to address that Western suburban problem. It is a significant one. We had, we had swings in excess of 20% right across all those seats. So what do you think, in a nutshell, the Liberal Party should do now? to try and get itself back into being more relevant? They have a significant problem in front of them. <clears throat> they, um, the millennials, which are people under the age of 40, make up now the, the largest number of voters on, in, in the city of Greater Melbourne. And by 2026, they're going to be even more significant as a voting bloc. And the Liberal Party only secures anything between 10 and 20% of that vote. And we could see how that hurt them last night. Only oh. between ten and twenty percent. Ten and twenty percent. That's right. Of that particular of a particular demographic. Yeah, but that's, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's an awfully significant demographic. Mm. Yeah, they were. You're going to give you some contrast. So when Ted Bailey won in Victoria in 2010, this group was only ten percent of the voters' roll. They are now 38 percent of the voters' roll in the city of Greater Melbourne. Can I ask you, because uh, in the giddy, giddy moments of last night for the Greens, they were thinking we're going to be up in, up in six seats or so. Mm. Has it eventuated or, or where do you see it ending up? They're, they had their three in the lower house. They've picked up a fourth. Will they yes. get to that six or even seven they were contemplating last night? I don't think so. I think they'll fall short in the other seats that we were looking at last night. So, so just the four? Yeah, I think, yeah, they're just the four. I think they may, they may still get there across the line in Northcote. Mm. Um, depending on what happens with pre-polls and postals. And I may add that unlike 
the traditional Liberal versus Labor contest, uh, when it comes to Green versus Labor contest, those pre-polling posters do behave differently. So sometimes they favour the Greens, sometimes they favour the Labor Party. It's just, it's random. And do you think and the... So, sorry. Sorry. No, go on. I was going to say, do you think the Greens are realistic enough to acknowledge that a large part of this is because the Liberals preference them over the Labor Party? I don't think they are. I, I, look, and to be fair to them, I think when we go back to that generational descriptor that we talked about around the millennials, in the inner parts of Melbourne, that's, that's their, their main uh, voting cohort. And so they think they have a, a view, and I think it's legitimised uh, by the results last night, that they will continue to grow as a political party, uh, unless, of course, the two major parties learn how to talk to young people in the inner city of Melbourne. Because okay. tell me, is this a, um, there wasn't the swing that the coalition wanted, needed, there wasn't necessarily evidence they were ever going to get it, but they mm. didn't get the swing they needed. It's, it's a smaller result than what they were expecting by quite some margin, what they were hoping for. Yeah. What does it mean for 2026? Can you read anything into it yet? Is it, is it eight more years of Labor? This was supposed to be the election it's... that got them within striking distance for the next election. Yeah, I think... Are they within striking distance? You make distance? a very good point. You make a very good point. I, I actually think, you know, coupled with the demographic problem they're facing and now the numerical one, they, they now, now, now need in excess of 20 seats in 2026 to win government. Oof. Whoa. That is and, going and, backwards. And a swing in excess of 10% universally across all, the, all, all of Melbourne and, and, and Victoria. So it's, it's going to be... It's, it's it's a two term strategy for them. Is it is it possible? I mean, you, you've painted what the challenge is there. Is it is mm. it a possibility? They will they will need something drastic will have to happen within I would say voters under the age of forty and also let by twenty twenty six voters under the age of forty five for them to get anywhere near close to the sort of numbers they are requiring. They need you know uh, a sort of tsunami-type swing that we see in Queensland when, you know, governments are bowled out via, you know, 10 15% swings, mm. which we don't normally see in Victoria. That's a sort of political outcome that can only... Uh, that's the sort of political outcome that they need to get anywhere near close in, in one term. And there aren't many signs that that's on the way. No. But, but no, four, it, four years is a long time. Yeah. It, anything's possible. Thanks, Cos. You have a good Sunday. Thank you. Great. Thank you, team. Take care. You. 28 past 11.